This episode brought to you by Chime, the award-winning app and debit card that can save you money today. Hello, I'm the Nostalgia Critic Guy, remember, so you don't have to. Why, doth it be December? I better change! Yeah, yeah, close, close, but totally off. Play the thing. Talked about all the bad Home Alone movies, might as well talk about the only good one. The truth is, I'm so hard on the sequels because I really do greatly enjoy the original film. Even if back in 1990, it didn't exactly get the best reviews. The response among critics was mixed, as many saw it as unbalanced between mean-spirited and cornily gimmicky. I disagree, but I can't say I don't know where they're coming from. This film does a lot of things that should not work, as proven not only by the lame sequels, but also the countless knockoffs that tried similar kid-centered slapstick. It repeats a ton of jokes with few variations, has admittedly several forced cutesy moments, and does go back and forth between being aggressively harsh and aggressively kid-friendly. But I think the atmosphere, freshness of the idea, and genuine joy felt from the people making it balance all those elements out. I totally acknowledge this shouldn't work, but the film has a feel for when you want an aggressive moment, a funny moment, a heartfelt moment, or even a repeated joke. So it feels less uneven and more like you're getting a little bit of everything. Which is why so many people watch it around this time of year. It was a huge hit when it came out, it's still enjoyed all over the world, and we're gonna take a look at why. So to all the peeps who know the value of just a good plain cheese pizza, let's take a look at the original Home Alone. The film opens in Chicago, because writer John Hughes says, I can outmain Stephen King, where we see the McAllister family getting ready for a trip to Paris. One child named Kevin, played by Macaulay Culkin, is feeling particularly overlooked. Uncle Frank won't let me watch the movie. It's not even rated R. He's just being a jerk. So I've certainly talked about Culkin's acting in films shortly after this, and again, he was the biggest child star in the world. A lot of things were going on in his life. You can't be too harsh on him. Here, though, he really is pitch perfect. Once in a while, he can be a little too cute and hammy, but I think that's intentional to balance out the more aggressive moments. He has a very distinct way of talking that's not too grown up like Fred Savage in The Wizard, but also not too childish like the Olsen twins in Full House. This allows for a world where you feel for this kid, but acknowledge a slapsticky climax can happen. And Culkin finds the middle ground in his performance to help that world feel like it can exist. This house is so full of people, it makes me sick. When I grow up and get married, I'm living alone! When he needs to be hammy for a laugh, he can do it. When he needs to be emotional for a heavier moment, he can do it. All these years later, I still see this as a good performance. With that said, man, what a family of assholes. The dope was whining about a suitcase. Don't you know how to knock Flemwad? What am I supposed to do? Shake his hand and say, congratulations, you're an idiot? Look An-onion what you did, you little jerk! This film has certainly gotten a lot of flack for making the family too mean, but... It helps if you've ever known a bigger family. Not at all to say bigger families are always chaotic, but the holidays, and especially going on a trip, they usually are. Everybody's insecurities and stresses are passed downwards, so it's not surprising some people would get ignored. Chris Columbus even said he thought Kevin was a bit of a brat when he first read the script, but after having his own kids, he realized this is kind of par the course. 
Get upstairs. I am upstairs, dummy. I don't want any family. Families suck. It's a house full of people, yet ironically, there's nowhere to unload your stress because everyone is so stressed out. So it comes out like, I wouldn't let you sleep in my room if you were growing on my ass. Well, that's nowhere near the harshness of Trout Sniffer, but still pretty rough. But he says a genuinely nice thing at the end. It's pretty cool that you didn't burn the place down. Thanks, Buzz. And if you've ever had an older bully pain the ass brother, you know what a big deal that is. They notice their creepy neighbor Marley salting the sidewalks, which somehow these kids find a way to make scary. See that garbage can full of salt? That's where he keeps his victims. The salt turns the bodies into mummies. Okay, there's two movies I want made from this. One, clearly angels with filthy souls. That goes without saying. And the other is this salt mummy movie. I don't care if it's another Walking Dead spinoff. Somebody make this happen! Kevin finally has enough of everybody mocking him, so he attacks Buzz, causing absolute chaos. Stop me! Help me out. No, no, get passports out of here. I must have seen this movie a million times, and I never noticed Kevin's plane ticket being tossed in the trash. Nobody will have questioned where his ticket was, but they threw that in, and it's appreciated. The same way we appreciate Pete forcing us to form fan theories about how this is the same universe. The explanation is young Pete was put in a mental ward and nobody talks about it. Kevin's mother, played by Catherine O'Hara, has had enough of his outbursts and sends him upstairs right after a supposed cop, played by Joe Pesci, warns her not to trust anyone this time of year, so she and her husband trust him this time of year and tell him all their security details. Automatic timers for our lights, locks for our doors, that's about as well as anybody can do these days, right? I don't know what's more disturbing, how easy it was to get that information, or how easy it was to get a cop uniform to get that information. <laughs> Wait a minute. Bullies? Damn you, convincing spirit Halloween clearance aisle! You're the only one acting up. Kevin's told to sleep in the attic, as Fuller will join him later. I don't want a super Fuller. You know about him. He wets the bed. He'll pee all over me. And according to this show, when he gets older, he might show me other things I don't want to see down there. Kevin wishes they'd all disappear, and faster than you can say hello, hello ironic, ironic twist! The power goes out, and the family leaves without him. Did we miss the flight? No, you just made it. Yeah! yeah. They go say it's only coach, take whatever's free. On American Airlines? Pfft, isn't their tagline? Hey, at least we're not spirit. Um, you'd be happier with spirit. Mom? Kevin wakes up to an empty home filled with nothing but advent calendar colors. Seriously, there was a time when not every Christmas movie looked like this. You could argue this production design was eaten back then to fart out Christmas rom-coms now. And he thinks he made his family disappear. You're completely helpless. No, Kevin, you're what the French call les incompetents. I like his memory of what they said is more exaggerated than how they actually said it. Though not by much. There are 15 people in this house, and you're the only one who has to make trouble. 15 people in this house, you're the only one who has to make trouble. Hell, some lines weren't even said. Kevin, I'm going to feed you to my tarantula. And you can see why. Even for Buzz, that's a weird insult. So Kevin decides to enjoy the house all to himself. No clothes in anybody. Sickening. They could use some fursuits. Buzz, your girlfriend. Woof. To make sure he didn't break a little girl's heart, Chris Columbus actually dressed up a little boy to be Buzz's girlfriend. Though that does raise the question, if anyone found out who this little boy was, how would that have impacted him? I'm going through all your private stuff. You better come out and pound me. I also like he keeps announcing what he's doing to the family he still thinks might be there. I like this not only because he's almost checking to see if he's really gonna get away with all this, but also to see if he can taunt them out. Like, there is a small part of him that doesn't want to be without them. Guys, I'm eating junk and watching rubbish. You better come out and stop me. He watches violent film noirs, which by God, really look like an old film noir. And he rides his sled down the stairs and out the door. Whoa! 
Thank God he teleported from the Hollywood set to Chicago because the way this is lined up, he clearly would not have made it through that door. Five families gone on one block alone. They all told me from their own mouths. <laughs> the cop from earlier is revealed to be a burglar named Harry, and with his partner Marv, played by Daniel Stern, they use the information they got from people to break into their homes, starting with Kevin's. Which way? Go around back down the basement. Come on, follow me. I give credit that for as silly as this film can get, it can still be a little scary. Kevin doesn't just jump to immediate genius like a lot of knockoff films that followed. He's legit scared like any boy would be. Thankfully though, the parents realize they left Kevin home alone and they run down, I'm pretty sure still O'Hare Airport, they're just saying it's France now. And they try calling the cops to have someone check on him as they try to find a flight back. Has your child ingested any poison and or any other object that has become lodged in his throat? I don't know, I don't, I, I, I hope not. Fun fact, this one take of the donut falling on the phone was so funny, they had to actually edit around it to make sure it matched the other scenes. That's why it randomly cuts back to that donut falling for seemingly no reason. Again, that must have taken more time than what was needed, but everyone I know gets a big laugh out of that detail. We'll send a policeman over to your house to check on your son. Kevin is still so scared of the burglars, he doesn't answer the cop at the door. There's no one home. I'm the counter kids again. Sounds like Chicago PD. As Kevin's mother decides to hop from plane to plane, trying to get back as quickly as possible. I'm not leaving here unless it's on an airplane. If you want to stay at the airport, maybe we can get you on standby. Yes. I'll wait. Seems like this do show the family does legit care. And Catherine O'Hara, just like Culkin, finds that perfect balance between being funny and genuinely heartfelt. Somebody pick up. Pick up! I love how almost psychotically obsessed she becomes with getting back to her son. If I have to sell my soul to the devil himself. I am going to get home to my son. So much so, she completely overlooks Elvis is behind her. No, that's a theory, man, before whatever the hell we think now. All conspiracy theories used to have Elvis in them. I wash my hair with the don't form in the shampoo, and use cream rinse for that just wash shine. We partake in the phase Culkin has sworn he'll never do again. I don't blame him. And he goes to the store where he runs into Marley. Calm down, I ate who I killed. Shoplifter! Kevin runs away with a toothbrush, beginning probably the most intense chase over dental equipment ever. <laughs> Again, Chicago PD. But he gets away, running into Marv and Harry, robbing another house. Or rather, they almost run into him with this reverse shot. <laughs> when you play that backwards, realizing how well they timed it, that is pretty impressive. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Kevin puts together Harry was the cop from the night before. Harry sees his reaction and starts following him. Why is he going faster? See, I knew he looked at me weird. Why would he run? Well, gee, if two guys in a van slowly drove behind me like this. <whistles> I'd make sure my running legs still work. He gives them the slip, though, when they think he went into the church, which they don't want to go into due to smoting. Maybe we're in the church. I'm not going in there. Me neither. I'm Jewish. I'm Confusionist. Uh, really? I like Kevin disguises himself in the nativity, almost like even he thought they would follow him into the church. And later that night, he prepares for their return. How far-fetched. Clearly a bozo pool puppet made in seconds is far more believable. Hello, Douglas. Oh, hi. How are you? Good. You? Lovely. All right. Douglas. Yeah. 
Gift yourself. Gift yourself. Gift yourself. Gift yourself. Gift yourself. Gift yourself in the Christmas. No, Douglas. No, you misunderstand. This is a statement of love. Oh, yes, Douglas. Yes, Douglas. Yes, Douglas. Chime. 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 Oh my. Chime. Gift yourself by building your credit history this season. With Chime's secured credit builder Visa credit card, you can safely build credit by making everyday purchases and on-time payments. Oh my God, that's spectacular. Plus, there's no annual fee or credit check to get started. See. Use it everywhere Visa credit cards are expected. Build credit using your own money. Get paid up to two days earlier. With a qualifying direct deposit, you can get access to your money sooner. Overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualifying direct deposit. That sounds really difficult! It isn't, Douglas. It isn't. It's not difficult at all. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a debit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. Can I ditch the monthly fees? You can ditch the monthly fees. <laughs> Chime has no monthly minimum balance or overdraft fees. Access over 60,000 fee-free ATMs. That's more than the top three national banks combined. Easily find one near you with the Chime app. Send and receive money, pay friends through Chime, Chime members or not, and cash out your money fee-free. And? Yes. Ah! Build your credit this holiday season. Just open a Chime checking account with over $200 qualified direct deposit to get started. Get started at Chime.com nostalgia. That's Chime.com nostalgia. What about the mandatory disclosures? Okay. <gasps> the Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card is issued by Stripe Bank and a member of the IC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Call 1-844-244-6363 for details. Late payment may negatively impact your credit score. Results may vary. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payers. Spot the eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. And Douglas. Yes. Gift you! 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 Chime. Spider-Man 2 every Friday on Twitch. We also have content five days a week. Hope to see you there. Kevin orders a pizza, and yes, the statue constantly getting knocked over never builds to anything, but I just love nobody ever tells them it got knocked over. And Kevin uses the movie he watched to make it sound like an adult ordered it. How much do I owe you? That'll be eleven eighty, sir. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Some people make a very good living using clips that way. Isn't that right? You shall not pass! I've done other ones that are funny. Before I pump your guts full of lead. Ha! Ah, take this stage shooting guy just doing his job! Keep the change for your lifetime of therapy bills! I'm we once again do the same aftershave joke. Ah. I just really wanted a poster, I guess. And we partake in my personal favorite dialogue of the movie when he goes shopping for groceries. My mom's in the car. Where's your father? He's at work. Your brothers and your sisters. I'm an only child. Where do you live? I can't tell you that. Why not? Because you're a stranger. Okay. Oh. Marvin Harry are still obsessed with why the house seems filled with people, so one of them sneaks around to have, you guessed it, the exact same joke happen again. Ten. <laughs> oh. Okay, to all the critics who don't like this movie, to some degree, you're right, this technically shouldn't be funny. But I think Stern's hilarious reactions and even funnier conversation afterwards just breathes new life into this joke. I thought I recognized one of their voices. I know I heard that name Snakes before. I don't know no snakes. He sounded like a snake. I just love we never figure out who real world Snakes is or how Marv knows him. Clearly that'll be the plot for Home Alone 7. What? Excuse me. After Kevin's mother gets stranded at one of the many airports she's been to, a poker player played by John Candy offers her a ride. 
I had a few hits a few years ago. Uh, that's why, I, you know, just polka, 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 polka. He shot all his scenes in a full 24 hours with no sleep, never complained about it, and it probably goes without saying, but just about all of his and O'Hara's lines were made up on the spot. Which I guess makes sense. This is kind of an SCTV reunion. Damavuji polka, kiss me polka, polka twist. Well, these are songs. Yeah. To this day, I still think the story about leaving the kid at the funeral parlor is the single funniest thing John Candy has ever improvised. He was there alone all day with a corpse. Now, he was okay, you know, after six, seven weeks. And I came around and started talking again. Now that's an Uncle Buck movie I want to see! <laughs> Marvin Harry eventually put together that Kevin is home alone, and he overhears they're gonna come back later that night. That house is the only reason we started working this block in the first place. Ever since I laid eyes on that house, I wanted it. You have a very odd white whale. Kevin goes to the authorities to tell him about the crime that's about to take place, or he goes to a fake Santa played by that guy from Herman's Head. Enjoy that unlocked memory. Instead of Christmas this year, I just want my family back. Okay. Well, again, since nobody calls the cops in this town, though, would it really make things better? I'll just hop in this car that really did die on set as it was driving off. This movie has the best worst luck, doesn't it? Kevin goes to church because we know there's no robbers in there. I'm not going in there. Me neither. And Columbus had a tricky time getting across to the owners. He wanted it to look nice, but also a little creepy. I think to a lot of kids, church can be a pretty intimidating place, and Columbus wanted that to come across like Kevin is confronting something he's a little afraid of. Which makes sense as he stumbles across Marley, who he, of course, discovers is a really sweet guy. Merry Christmas. Prepare to die. Been a good boy this year? I think so. Swear to it? No. He says he's there to see his granddaughter sing because he had a falling out with his son. And I said I didn't care to see him anymore. He said the same. We haven't spoken to each other since. They both give each other advice, and when I was younger, my favorite moments were the zany slapstick and funny insults. But now that I'm older, the Marley scenes are by far my favorite. They take what, let's be honest, would be a perfectly serviceable Christmas comedy and turn it into a Christmas classic. I'm afraid if I call him, he won't talk to me. Aren't you a little old to be afraid? You can be a little old for a lot of things. You're never too old to be afraid. I got a car that'll scare the shit out of you. After he has a nice talk, the kick-ass John Williams music kicks in. How is it this composer is so good he can make even setting up micro-machines sound epic? And did I say the grocery store scene was the funniest moment? Oh, I actually said it was the John Candy story. Screw it. Harry getting shot in the balls is the funniest thing ever filmed. Open the door! <laughs> Not only is his reaction great. Not only is his Yosemite Samming swear words fantastic. What? What? What happened? But this sound design should have gotten an Oscar just for that crotch shot sound effect. That is a wet crackle crunch, and it is what every crotch shot needs to be spectacular. Again, it probably goes without saying, but these stunts are both very funny and very impressive. I still don't know if the timing of this was dumb luck or if they legit planned it. Every trap really looks like it hurts, but it never goes too far in taking us out of the comedy. Except one, and you all know what it is. Not since that commercial with a little toenail goblin have people cringed grabbing their feet so hard. 
His scream, though, is almost like permission from the movie, saying, yeah, as he releases that yell, you can release your laughter. Heads up! I can't possibly go over every trap, there's just so damn many, but my favorite after the crotch shot is the scene with the spider. Which, by the way, Stern had to do in silence so he wouldn't scare the spider, and... I'm not gonna lie, that might have worked a little better. <laughs> but this lovingly betrayed look Harry gives to Marv is some of Pesci's best acting. Marv, what are you doing? Ma. That is a look of my friend, my confidant of so many years. I refuse to believe you're capable of this. There is more heartbreak in that look than when Padme literally says you're breaking my heart. And that just turns into a Three Stooges bit, which just makes me laugh harder. Come and get me before I call the police. You gotta call the cops. He's not calling from a treehouse. This is 1990, only rich people have cell phones. Now continue to help me rob the house of these rich people. He cuts the line and makes his way to the next house where Marv and Harry finally get the drop on him. First thing I'm gonna do is bite off every one of these little fingers, one at a time. I think most people know when Pesci said he was gonna bite his fingers off, he did accidentally bite Culkin's finger, leaving a scar. At least we think it was an accident. If I just won an Oscar and I had to return to set where a mini catchphrase machine was the star, I might nip him too. And thankfully, people always discussing that story distracts folks from the less-than-stellar look-alike for Marley. Did David Hyde Pierce do stunt work back then? The cops arrest the burglars, and the next day, Kevin's mother finally returns home. Merry Christmas, sweetheart. I think it's important that Kevin should be a little standoffish. It makes the scene feel more real if he needs an apology from her. Oh, Kevin, I'm so sorry. Thankfully, though, he doesn't need much. Again, I really love how well both these two handle the comedy and emotional moments. When you realize just how little they're on screen together, yet you totally buy their love for each other, that's just straight up good acting. No, I didn't fall asleep in the Even the rest of the family shows up taking the later flight, and they all give Kevin respect for holding down the fort, even getting errands done. What else did you do while we were away? Just hung around. <laughs> now literally, I hung the corpses of five other burglars that tried to get in this weekend. Are we at George Costanza's favorite scene yet? <laughs> What's well, my favorite scene too? Not only is the music amazing, the buildup perfectly timed, the camera work wonderfully composed, but Culkin gives my favorite acting of his from anything. That is the most genuine, joyful, loving look that is 100% believable. It requires no dialogue, just an honest, heartfelt reaction. It's about as perfect a Christmas moment as you can get. Which just makes the follow-up line even funnier. Kevin! What did you do to my room?! Don't act like I don't know why the Playboys are sticky! And that is the original, the classic, the best, Home Alone. I love it for the same reasons you love it, but acknowledge for those who don't, it is understandable. It really is lightning in a bottle that can't be replicated no matter how many times they tried, and as I mentioned several times before, it probably should have failed. If you were to describe a lot of this film to me, I'm not sure I would see it becoming a Christmas classic. But the movie has a very instinctual feel to it, like, even though it was hitting beats that wouldn't work in other films, it was doing it in a way that felt humorously purposeful. I think a lot of that comes from the amazing cast, I mean that everybody is top-notch in this, the elegant directing, the balanced writing, the beautiful music, and the lack of assumption. Nobody really expected anything big from this when it came out. 
so I think the fact that so much effort did come across on screen was a welcome surprise. It took the world by storm, and it's not that hard to see why. It's funny, it's touching, it's memorable, and it knows how to represent Christmas without even feeling like it's trying. I've seen it over a million times, and I can assure you, I'm gonna see it at least a million more. I'm the Nostalgia Critic Guy, remember? So you don't have to. It's Cameo for Charity, and this month we're doing Toys for Tots. So if you want to video me saying happy birthday, merry Christmas, congrats, or whatever, go ahead and click on the link below and know you'll be giving to a good cause. With that said, I usually do Toys for Tots for December, and part of that is because of this funny story that happened when we were shooting the review of Christmas with the Cranks. I share it every year, and this year is going to be no different. Hey everybody, Doug Walker here doing the charity shout-out, and I have a funny story for you. Uh, when we were shooting this review, we were outside about to shoot a scene with uh, Nostalgia Critic and Santa Christ, and this car pulls up, and they pull right into our parking spot, and we don't recognize the people, and they get out, and we say, can we help you? And they say, uh, Toys for Tots. I'm dropping off Toys for Tots. No, 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 we're not Toys for Tots. And they're looking at us like, are you sure? And we said, yeah, we're sure. Why would we know where Toys for Tots are? And they said, well, because you got a guy dressed like Santa Claus there. Oh, no. <laughs> Un unrelated. Amazing. Totally unrelated. So, bizarrely enough, they were driving around looking for Toys for Tots, and we happened to come outside with a guy dressed as Santa Claus. What are the chances? <laughs> <laughs> and I took it as a sign. There you go. So, click on the link in the description, get a cameo from me, and be giving to a wonderful organization. Donate to Toys for Tots. Yes, it's a good organization. <laughs> Santa Christ approves. <laughs>